0: Hi and welcome to the Propel SA podcast brought to you by South Australian owned business group
1: Propel SA. Propel SA podcast will be sharing with you great South Australian stories where we'll be chatting to South Aussie business owners about their experiences working in and owning a business in South Australia. My name is Mary Nizamas and I'm the chair of the board of Propel SA.
0: And my name is Laura Moore and I'll be your host. Each month, our team will be bringing you great South Australian stories from our members. Welcome everybody to the next episode of Propel essays sharing Great South Australian stories and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Jackie G NLP. Welcome Jackie, how are you? I'm very well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure. It's been uh, lovely chatting to you already and I can't wait to dive a little bit more into your business and find out about what you do and what you can offer and uh, get to know you a little bit more. So tell us a little bit about your your business and and what Jackie G NLP does.
1: So Jackie Green, so Jackie G NLP is, NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming. It came about Jackie G because I used to have a business for years called Green GR Group. And now I've gone solo. So I've I've shut shop, rebranded Jackie G NLP. What do I do? So the the NLP side of stuff is the methodology I use along with um, clinical hypnotherapy. But I use those tools and the methodologies in business. Um, and I guess the question is my background in corporate. So I've got a very corporate background, but everything I've ever done has always been around business, but it's always with people, human beings.
0: Excellent. So you, you're taking a, a bit more of a holistic view as to how people integrate in business and working to build teams and strengthen them within their own corporate life or within their own business ownership,
1: potentially work? And look, it sounds like how big's the piece of string, but the bottom line is this, you're quite correct. So what it is, and over the years, working with leaders and teams, but it's soft skills. It's still really important. And it's great because we have some brilliant, you know, leaders in in business, but we also have small business owners um, and medium-sized businesses. But it's all we all still need people in there mm-hmm. and quite often what happens is you may have a business that has started out as a family business and it's grown exponentially successfully but when it gets to a point where it gets there's lots of staff and even ten staff is a lot of staff when you don't know how to manage them absolutely of skilled stuff and the ch- and then the change management pieces that come with that so mm-hmm. okay
0: so talk us through what
1: neurolinguistic programming actually is so neurolinguistic programming in very simple terms, it's been around something that's been delved around for in, since 1970s. Um, but what it does is deals with the neurology of your brain. So you may have heard these days there's a lot of wellness conversations that people yep. have. So NLP looks at the neurology of your brain. The linguistic component of that was the study that was done by the professor John, Dr. John Grinder, um, who was one of my mentors and he was one of the co-developers. So it's the language that people use. And then the programming is how we're wired. So Mm. it's not all about left brain, right brain, but it deals with the unconscious things that we don't talk about. Um, But you get taught how to actually pick up on the nuances with an individual and a person um, about the things they don't necessarily say. Mm. So it's tonality, it's like body language, but there's a whole heap of other stuff behind it. But the simplest way is neuro, neurology, your brain, left, right stuff. Language and it's very important in business language, and that's why I love using this stuff. Um, But it's also um, I teach it from a therapeutic points of point of view as well. So it can be very useful uh, with anxiety and stress, um, uh, suicide, grief. Um, I don't tend to focus on weight loss things. This is more I seem to have always been in the business side of stuff. How do you give feedback to someone when they're not performing? yes how do you do it in a way where they walk out happy yeah yeah absolutely it's a positive thing it's not not meant to be a negative thing so that that's how I use it Okay,
0: fantastic what's your process when you first uh work with a client or first work with a business what do you start doing
1: so the first thing that i do there's other tools that we use the profiling tools as well and that people would have heard of mbti or disc or facet 5 things like that so i'll go into an organization um generally it's a case of okay can you come in and fix our people well that in and of itself tells me a lot of things anyway but (laughs) or it may be that we've got a new team and we're growing and we need them to to come together on two or three different projects. So I'll go in and I will make that assessment. So I kind of do a helicopter dive into the organization. um, And I ask the leaders if they're willing to, you know, give me as much information as they can, then I'll go around to the rest of the team and I will have conversations. So it's like mini interviews, if you like. It doesn't have to be a long-winded thing. But then what I'll do is make an assessment based on that, and then I come up with what is the most applicable thing for them because not everything fits. You know, one thing doesn't fit every scenario, and mm-hmm. every case is different. Um, but that's then it may be that I do some profiling with them, and that is a great way to find out how the teams think, what their strategies are, um, and we look at different. I look at different things like that when I do those profiles, and I get the leadership team to do it as well mm-hmm. uh, because the communication piece is really critical if they don't understand how they communicate mm. and how they um, want to get the best out of their staff, how can the staff expect to be able to do that anyway? They're, it's an, They're never going to win. Mm. Um, so it has to be from both ends of the spectrum. So we yeah, go in, absolutely. helicopter, review, give feedback and then pu- put a proposal forward.
0: Oh, fantastic. What What are you finding are the biggest challenges with the teams that you're working with? Is it communication or are there other
1: communication is bantered around as a very big word but the (laughs) bottom line is it's communication and that can be the photocopier corridor conversations that happen um the communication that you know everyone would be familiar with these days even it doesn't matter what age you are on an email if you use bold typing and all that sort of stuff so it's it's in the it's in the nuances of what they don't say or how they go about doing it and the biggest challenges that we've got at the moment that we talk about COVID and we talk about doing all these Zoom things. The biggest thing I'm concerned about, and I can see coming up, it's going to need more of this sort of soft skill stuff is how do we actually re-engage with each other? Absolutely. Yep. Um, and for me, this is something that I'm really passionate about because I love people. Um, I love working with people. I love teaching people. And do I have all the answers? No, but you've got, You've got teams that don't communicate because they go, well, "Yes, I did. I sent the report in." Like,
0: <laughs> not the same
1: thing. Not quite what we're talking about. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's really communication as a big blanket. But the biggest biggest challenge is actually that having the conversation, like looking at the person, even though it's on Zoom, but actually having the conversation and going, "Hey, mate, are you okay?" Because you you know. But it's a how you ask the person, mm. um, and then from a business perspective you can cut down a lot of meetings if you know how to actually ask questions properly.
0: Mm, yeah, that's an interesting point too. And I think you've hit the nail on the head with that re-engaging, you know, thought process and how we're going to deal with actually face-to-face communications now after, you know, when COVID sett- settles down. I've, I found at the end of last year when we started to come out of our first lockdown, um, I struggled to even have coffee with somebody. I was so used to a computer that that face-to-face was actually quite challenging so it'll be it'll be different in the workplace. it will be different and it's
1: that distancing thing that you talk about but um it's you know there's respect and then there's trust and it's trust that it's the unconscious stuff then that starts to you know that little voice that you kind of have bubbling in the background Um, and that's this is a good NLP terminology for it so you know that little voice sometimes doesn't serve you well so sometimes you can kind of look at it and go can you just shut up for a minute? <laughs> uh, other times it's there because it's like well you know but you just does this person really you know when I catch up and have a coffee with them you trusted me not to to work from home before now this covid thing hit and you've trusted me you've given me every tool possible to be able to manage working from home and now you want me to come back again like mm. what is this? So mm. it's it's that kind of stuff that I think we need to be really really mindful of and nurture and start the conversation yeah now. yeah
0: absolutely you've identified obviously that communication is a, a big issue that people need to sort of focus on but when businesses first come to you what do they tell you their problems are i doubt it's communication
1: they never say it's communication well that's not true of course some of them do <laughs> um because these people are just they just don't understand what i'm talking about you see that's what and that, that's sort of like a, a classic um, phrase. Some of the other issues and challenges might be, you know, this looks, I don't know what's happened to Frank, but he used to be a really good sales guy and he's not, you know, he's just not performing anymore. There's a lot of absenteeism um, or there could be conflict that's starting to happen and arguments and people getting disgruntled. Um, so there could be a variety of, of reasons, but generally you know when once that's the purpose of having that initial conversation and and going around and joining in on some of the teams when i get into an organization it's like let's just sit in let's just and observe um and that's how you'll pick up what the biggest things are but generally the you get called in and it's like fix my people because they're not doing what they need to or they um, seem to be taking a lot of time off work or um i don't know what it is but they just they're just not having a really happy day anymore and they look really miserable and they're not very well. Mm. So many layers.
0: Mm, mm, absolutely. At least you're getting, you know, leaders and business owners wanting to help their staff. That's that's a, a very nice um, silver lining. Positive. <laughs> yeah, really good positive. Um, you're trained in multiple different um, methodologies, as you sort of mentioned before. Talk
1: us through some of the others that you So some of the other things over the years of of working in different corporates, and and I've worked in small to medium business quite a lot as well, I love and really passionate um, and mentoring um, a lot of businesses as well. Um, Change management is something that's really critical, and neurolinguistic programming and the hypnotherapy, which I'll delve in a bit more after, um, really help. So change management is something that quite frequently a business might say, well, look, you know, something needs to change here, we don't know what it is. So, it's a lot of businesses or people might think that change management is all about people. Some people may think of it depending on if they're a manufacturing, they might go, okay, we need to put a process in place mm-hmm. and there's a change piece. Um, the overarching part of all of that is bringing the two things together. So, change management, there is communication, there's also processes and proper things that you look at from a risk perspective as well. Um, and that can be risk related to implementing a new product or risk of flight, risk of people. Um, and project management is a nice sort of overlay or it's the top part of all of those things. So there's some really good, you know, you, you some someone creates something because there's an idea. So it starts out as an idea, then you build it into a business case and then you sort of start developing it um, and then you test it and then you roll it out. So where the change management stuff fits with all of that is, well, great, every step of the way there's still a human being involved. Mm. And not everyone's going to be along the journey with you at the same time. So it's managing that expectation as well. And it doesn't matter how big your business is, it's even harder if you're on your own, but it doesn't matter how big the business is three to seven, seven to 7,000 people.
0: Mm.
1: There's a process that, and everyone goes through it. Um, some of the other uh, methodologies, so the hypnotherapy stuff, how do I use clinical hypnotherapy in business? If I'd have said that 20 years ago when I started doing this, for, and I did I didn't use the word hypnotherapy or NLP because everyone thought I was wacky, but that's now <laughs> wacky jackie. Um, but it really is, it's quite relevant because the beautiful part about what's happening these days is that we have a lot of wellness into our businesses as well. And mental yes. health is really, really important. Yes. And for me, that is the core passion of everything I do. Um, if, if mm. the people and if people are not taken care of, um, they are no good to themselves. They have no, and they're no good to anyone else. In the sense of, um, it's a waste of, of a life, and I don't like that. So I mm-hmm. like to nurture. It's got to be something that you can give them the skills that they can use, as opposed to mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that you need to do this. I heard it's you were tough <laughs> And hypnotherapy, you, people think that you have to sit on a couch and get your brain whacked out, or lay on a couch and go to sleep. You don't because it's focused a lot around language, that so you can actually change.
0: How receptive are employees when you go in and tell them about we're looking at now doing hypnotherapy as an option for you to build your team and, you know, become more
1: you know, confident or whatever it might be? How receptive are employees? So one of the ways I frame it is from a coaching point of view. That's why as a coach or a mentor, um, so I let them know. I just say, look, you know, I am a clinical hypnotherapist. Uh, and I, nine times out of 10, when you actually start to coach individuals, it has nothing to do with what the problem is that they're, they're there for or, or the challenge that they're having at work. If it's a work issue, it tends to be that there's some personal, deeper stuff. Um, so I can reassure them that they're in the hands of a professional that is able to be able to deal with whatever comes up and it's all in confidence. Everything is in confidence, unless obviously it breaches a, a law. But from a hypnotherapy side of stuff, I haven't had anyone that's gone, I'm not interested. That shows that there's a, a lot of, you know, good receptive
0: energy in South Australia to, to become more, you know, more well, which is nice.
1: I think we really are. I think, you know, the beautiful part about South Australia, and especially from a business point of view, is that we don't have a lot of the hard, fast, speedy, trans, transactional stuff that happens in New South Wales and some of the larger states, which I've lived in and worked in. I mean, that's, you know, one of the beautiful parts about South Australia, it's relationship building. Mm. Um, It can be um, a slower uptake, if you like, in many instances if people don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. But it's about building that trust, the underlining trust Mm. um, that you are going to honour what you say you're going to do and you have the outcomes and, and people see and get the outcomes that you agree that you're going to do. So it's very much building a relationship. And wellness is something that more and more, and especially the mental health side, um, mm. is coming into businesses. You know, every every business should have an employee um, program mm, absolutely. that helps deals with those things. So it's not foreign anymore.
0: Mm, absolutely. How have you found South Australian businesses have managed in the last year two years and your clients
1: it's been really really interesting i think um we've had a, we've had a shift in the type of businesses that 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 we have and that's just a natural thing because of covid like obviously you know restaurants and things like that and the, the hospitality industry but then we've had an influx in some of the manufacturing is coming back even though you know we had the downturn in in um holdens and stuff like that and the breweries mm-hmm. But manufacturing is something I think we've shown the creative side of what South Australians can do. Extremely creative people. Um, and there's some really dynamic businesses out there, and some of them are quite small, but they they got some big stuff behind them. So I just think it's mm. really, it's no doubt it's been difficult. Um, but that's a black that that's across the board that you know we we're not alone on that. And I think you know, we've got to we just really need to start taking a lot more care of ourselves now, um, so that we don't get uh, fatigued by what's been going on. Um, and stress levels certainly have increased for, for a lot of a lot of businesses from financial side of stuff. There's no question.
0: Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah. Is there is there I suppose some tips? We sort of. I was. My next question was was going to be around business ownership and how they. Are receptive to the wellness programs that they should be putting in place to their, with their employees. It sounds like they are, but are they receptive to even working on their own wellness
1: as an owner or as an employer? That's the that's the hardest part because um, even though there has there's a, a lot more acceptance of wellness and, and mental health and um, you know soft skills, whatever label people want to put on it yeah. these days in in businesses here. Um, the biggest challenge is um, it generally starts at the top anyway. Mm. Um, so it's doing this sort of stuff like we're doing and what you're doing and propel and, and networking with each other and talking about the wonderful businesses that we are that can open the door and say, look, I just picked up on something you said. And um, you just check in with people sometimes and go, you know, are you okay? Mm. Um, and... If you've got the rapport there and that's that relationship building stuff with people in South Australian businesses, if you've got that rapport and you build that relationship, you can ask that question and then you can offer, can I make a suggestion? You know, it might be worth just sitting down and let's have that, let's have a chat for a little while. That coffee. Um, yeah. And then yeah, exactly. And then and then filter it in through that way. Um, most people won't admit that they've got a big, you know, a personal deep dark problem if if you know, they'll, they'll soldier on if you like, but that, that's about that relationship building side of stuff. Mm,
0: yeah, I can imagine that would be quite a challenge to go into a business where the focus is on the team and potentially, as you said, it's it's from the head instead of necessarily the rest of, of the organisation. So I'm sure that would be quite hard to get to that level to say, you know, really it's, it's both sides of this team that need to be looked after and nurtured. Um, so I can appreciate that struggle.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's interesting, you know, getting, finding clients as well because nobody really wants to put their hand up and say, look, you know, I'm, I I own, and I'll make this up, you know, I own um, a, a fly screen business that's um, you know one of the best ones that we've got in in Adelaide, but I'm not going to admit that I'm having problems um, emotionally and mentally because I'm stressed out every night because of my finances. I don't want my staff to know that. So mm-hmm. the challenge is um, how in how you approach people. And, in, and, again, it boils down to marketing, which is why we have beautiful people like you that help us out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> out so it's in that framing of that. So, you know, it's not all about it's it's not about gloom and doom. It's about what can we do mm. to enhance what you already do exceptionally well mm. um, but give you some mechanisms and some tools to deal with some of the times when it's not quite going as well as it should. So. Mm. Talk us through your walking mentor program. Look, I, I love walking mentor for me is really critical because one of the things that I love to teach and I, I was I, when I do um, full time teaching sort of scenarios in, in training in organisations is movement. Movement is critical, and one of the biggest, especially at the moment, sitting here on Zooms and doing all the work, we don't move, and our creativity gets stifled. So I just say. Here's an example. You could be in a boardroom or in a meeting room with, with people, and how many times have you sat there and your eyes are getting heavy and you kind of do not <laughs> shake?
0: I won't Um, admit how many times that's happened to me.
1: (laughs) I confess. But one of the things that you can do very subtly is exactly you're paying attention to what's going on. You can feel, and if you have sensory awareness, which is the things that I can teach people, then you can actually just teach them to move slightly from the bottom while the top part's still looking at them. Or Mm. you can say, look, just, oh, excuse me. That subtle move shifts internal dialogue. Mm, mm. and immediately so the walking mentor is about getting out getting up getting out your chair and going for a walk every single day I don't care if you walk around the block for 15 minutes or you walk around the block for 10 minutes Um, I have a walking group that's with me on Saturday mornings and we're pounding the I'm going to say pavement which is very English but I love it Uh, so the walking mentor comes in because it's quirky and it's fun and it's about getting out and moving and it's about being outdoors and enjoying this beautiful state that we live in too. Yeah, absolutely. Love
0: it. Such a such a great tip for people to to take on board. Um, what challenges have you faced, Jackie, in the last couple of years or, or ever in your own business experiences?
1: For me, for business, um, my business, uh, only my own business originated in um, Melbourne and then to New South Wales. Um, and I've, I'm originally from Adelaide, so I've come back because uh, I'm a grandma now. Uh, So the biggest challenges I've found over the the last probably 10 years in business um, is having the longevity. Um, So it's one thing to have, because we have so many small businesses as well, and then there's the big, big corporate, there's a big disparity between that end of the scale and the small end of the scale. Um, So it's trying to to maintain clientele, if you like, that Mm -hmm. are either going to be ongoing and mm. ongoing concern or ones that sometimes you have to actually give them some hard hard and fast and they're not going to they're not going to make it mm. so my biggest challenge for businesses is actually they they have a, a mindset that i can't afford to do this uh, they can't afford to get someone in to talk about staff and do try we need training just fix them but it boils down to you've just invested all that time and money and effort into actually having these staff and bringing them on board, and you valued something that they had to offer when you brought them on. So mm. what was it that changed? And mm. let's have a look at that and see how we can resolve it. Mm. Um, so for me, the, the biggest challenge is that. It's maintaining that consistency with, with, um, with people. Do you only work with South Australian businesses or do you work interstate still as well? If I can, I'm trying to work interstate. Um, but a lot of that's dropped off at the moment because they were very large corporates and they've mm-hmm. just literally kind of, you know, yeah, kind sure. of laid themselves down. But my focus right now is, is really home. I wanna, you know, I love I love being able to, I can do Zoom calls with with hypnotherapy and NLP stuff um, and business and I can coach online. So it can be anywhere. Um, so, yes, there's clients interstate, but I really like to focus on South Australia at this point in time and then expand from thereafter. Mm, so.
0: Fantastic. What uh, What are some of the benefits for you personally in owning your own business?
1: Freedom. Yeah. Freedom of time. Freedom to <laughs> make my own decisions. Um, you know, it's not without challenges, but the best part is, you know, you actually see the fruits of your labour come to fruition. Mm. Um and and that's and you get some some really lovely amazing relationships that you build with people, um, and like I said, freedom to go for a walk. <laughs> yeah. Get up, you know, get up at five, do my walk from six to eight, and then I can be back in my office or having coffee with the client by ten o'clock, and mm. it, you know, the day's just perfect.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. I think the freedom and the autonomy is uh, is definitely a huge benefit. That nearly every business owner that I've spoken to so far has said the exact same. Thing. so it seems to be um, a, a common a common thread which is nice <laughs>
1: and it's about getting that like we said we talk about wellness but we, we it's about having balance back in life because you know our bodies get out of balance our you know our stomachs are everything gets out of alignment when you're in, when whether you're in business or not but if you own a business you know your your whole system gets churned upside down so it's about yeah bringing in that wellness bringing in that balance to, to keep yourself happy and safe um, because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anyone else. Mm, very true.
0: Yep, very true. And as as parents as well, we sort of definitely have that drilled into us too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> What's been the most rewarding uh, thing for you, Jackie, owning owning your own business and and seeing uh, your work come to fruition with, the, with your clients?
1: Yeah, I love that question. Um, for me, it's. You know, five years, ten years down the track I've had some clients come back to me and an email will pop up and it might be someone that I trained or oh, I have one where there was a lady who was, um, she She was just a very dynamic businesswoman but she hated presenting and she was partially deaf. So she had a big challenge with getting her words out when she was, and years she said, I'm never going to get married, I can't, you know, I can't present. Ten years down the track after I did some work with her, I got an email from her with a photograph and she just told me that she had a five-year-old child. Um, She'd been married for nearly eight years um, and shortly after her and I worked together, she actually won a um, a speaker's award. Oh, wow. That That for me, it's like, yes, it took her a long while to get back, but that was great because it meant she was living her life and she was doing yeah, and um, it
0: shows too that your tools that you're putting in place with people—they've got longevity. It's a life skill that you're teaching absolutely. them. It's not just in the moment.
1: And because you know what, I actually don't care what people do on a good day. It's what it's what you do on a bad day that you need some some assistance and some tools. Mm. Um, and and that's that's really my mantra. It's like you know when we're up on we're firing and everything's going great, it's wonderful, but. You know, we all have bad days. It's where you go and what you do that makes the difference. So right. if you've got something that can help you that's just enough to get that emotional connection back again, to do the shift, to go for a walk, to have that progress that says, you know what, I can actually do this. And it doesn't mean that you have to do it perfectly because mm. God knows I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Who does? <laughs> exactly. Um and you're not going to be, you know, the sparkly, bubbly, on-par person every single day of the week, um, mm. but it's being aware of that and it's being able to just literally go, take a breath, take a sidestep, I'm human, and take care of yourself. So. Mm.
0: Mm. Love it. Great tip. You've had a lot of great tips already in our in our chat. Have you got one more for business owners or even employees that they can take with them today?
1: Never, ever, ever feel that you're not worthy of your own voice. Love it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very important. It's very mm.
0: important. Love it. Love it. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Jackie, for chatting to us today on the Propel SA podcast. It's been wonderful hearing about your business and, and finding out more about you. We'll put your details in our show notes and people can find you through uh, through our website. Thank you again, Jackie.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Bye
0: now. Become a member today by contacting us via our website on www.propelsa.com.au. PropelSA is proudly supported by local councils City of Burnside, Town of Walkerville and Campbelltown City. And please hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so that you don't miss our next episode.